Hi, I'm Levi from WCF. Before we get into this episode of Faith Foundations, I wanted to take a quick minute to introduce a few other podcasts in the WCF Podcast Network. I am a co-host on a show called A Little Faith, where we explore faith breakdowns and buildups with different people who have very powerful stories to tell. Sam Taylor from Cleveland, Ohio, produces weekly devotionals in Pause to Consider. Think Mr. Rogers meets Fireside Chat. I love Sam's humble style, and I think every episode is fantastic. You can find both of those wherever you get your podcasts or on our website at wcfoundation.org slash podcasts. Also, did you know that WCF sponsors thousands of meals a month for children in India who are unable to afford any food? Please visit wcfoundation.org for more info and donate if you can. Now, here's the show. Probably everyone who has any knowledge of Christianity knows that forgiveness of sins is through Jesus Christ, whatever that means. It's easy enough to say that sins are forgiven through Jesus, but how? I'd like to offer some thoughts on this subject. I'll attempt to discuss what's involved in God's forgiving sin and giving us everlasting life, all through Christ. To understand this subject, one must appreciate that we're dealing with the question of law, God's law. We are mortal or dying because of God's law, but through God's law, we have opportunity for life eternal. The law that condemns us to death is called the law of sin and death. The origin of death is sin. We, as a result of our inherited nature, and as a result of the sins we commit, are ultimately destined to die. Somehow, a way must be found to free us from this prison. This is a theological argument, I realize, and it may be difficult to grasp in today's world, but it isn't difficult to grasp that we are mortal. Everyone knows that. All we must add to this fact is the realization that sin is the reason for this, according to Bible teaching. It says in Acts chapter 15 that it's God's intent to take out of the nations a people for his name. Common sense understanding of the Bible is that God is seeking to select those people who will be faithful to him. He has promised them blessings. He's promised them eternal life. But how? Sin stands between us and God, and sin as a result of the law of sin and death, has condemned us to death, not life. God has provided a way out. This way involves the declaration of several things. First, that God's way is right and that man's way is wrong. Secondly, it declares God's compassion. And thirdly, it involves a choice by us requiring faith on our part. In the third chapter of the book of Romans, this subject is discussed. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he's passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Let's comment on that, because it's a highly congruent thought. It says that God's righteousness is shown through Jesus Christ, specifically in his death. If we have faith in Jesus, we may receive God's forgiveness for sins. In Jesus Christ... God provided a perfect man. In the life of Jesus, God says, here is a real man. Here is a kind of man I want. 
In Jesus, God says, here's the nature of sin and here's its end result. Jesus stated, he was raised from the dead. In the resurrection of Jesus, God says, here's the proof of my stamp of approval. Be like him, come to me through him, for I've provided a way. Repent and come to me in faith. Now, if we want to be forgiven for our sins and have eternal life, we must somehow get connected to the death of Jesus. This is because the forgiveness of sins is through the death of Jesus. Quoting from Romans 5, While we were yet helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. One would hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we are now justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled we shall be saved by his life. In other words, Paul is saying that we have been made just or justified by righteousness, by our faith, and that God has given us forgiveness as a result. The death of Christ was the means by which he accomplished the forgiveness of sins. The law of sin and death had to be fulfilled. It was fulfilled in the case of Jesus, and now we are going to see it will be fulfilled not in reality, but ritually for those who will come to Christ. In other words, if we want to be forgiven and receive everlasting life, we must get connected to the death of Jesus. We do this by the ritual called baptism. This teaching is found in the sixth chapter of Romans. In this chapter, Paul is reasoning that those who are baptized in Christ are ritually buried with him and rise again in life, having put on the name of Jesus. Since Jesus not only died but rose again, therefore, those who identify with him in ritual may participate in the same life which he enjoys. Quoting from the sixth chapter, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. There it is. We identify with Jesus in his death by participating in the ceremony of baptism. This is a baptism of immersion, whereby we go down into the water, we are covered over, and come up again. In this ceremony, we are buried with Christ in a watery grave and are raised from the grave to a new life in Christ Jesus. This is a symbol, and this is an escape that God has provided. In this ceremony, a new law is introduced, not the old law of sin and death, but a new law called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I'd like to make seven brief points to summarize the understanding that we have on this subject. First of all, the starting point is death. Here, we are mortal because of sin. Adam was the first sinner. We continue in the path that he started. We are in a mortal state. We must get out of that condemned state, otherwise it's hopeless. The second point is that God is not saving every person. He's provided a way. The way is through Jesus Christ, whereby we may escape the sentence of death if we wish. The choice is up to us. He has provided the means whereby faith in him may be expressed. That faith is expressed through Christ. 
Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If we want eternal life, we must take that way through Jesus. It's not for everybody. Thirdly, God has demonstrated the proper life for humanity through Jesus. God shows us that it's possible to live in harmony with his principles of life. Of all the men on earth, Jesus demonstrated faith, faith to God and faithfulness to God. Jesus thereby shows us that God was righteous in asking for us to demonstrate faith. In Jesus, God said, this is a real man, be like him. We must therefore come to God by trying to be like Jesus. Fourthly, to do this requires a change of mind. The Bible speaks of repentance. The word repent literally means to have a new mind. It means to change your mind, to change your point of view. Having a new outlook will mean that we'll be sorry for the things that we've done, but it goes beyond that. It means that we're endeavoring to do the right thing, that we're endeavoring to show faith towards God. Fifthly, if we repent, God provides the means to join our lives with the life of a perfect man. It allows us by a ceremony, baptism, to unite in death with that man, and so to fulfill the penalty of death which we carry around with us. We have the opportunity of shedding the old condemned nature when we're buried with Christ in baptism, so that, as the Bible says, death has no more claim over us. The sixth point is that if we've been buried with Christ in his death by the ceremony of baptism, we'll also rise with him in a righteous life. The Bible tells us that righteousness will be imputed to us. God has considered us righteous even though we're not righteous. As a result of the good intent of our heart, God is prepared to give us righteousness and life. We become united with Christ through baptism in his death, and we become united with Christ in his resurrection to newness of life. Finally, the life we live from this point forward is a life of faith, living in faith and living faithfully. In Ephesians, Paul writes, By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. That gift is God's favor or grace, which is another way of saying, that the penalty of death is taken away because of faith. Our life, therefore, afterward is a life of faith. It's not as though by one action on our part we have assured ourselves of everlasting life, but one action has introduced us into a new way of life. It has provisionally united us with Christ so that as a result of faith we may be considered perfect as Jesus was perfect. The subject of this talk was forgiveness of sins. We see that Jesus is central. We see there are profound reasons why, moral reasons. If we understand why forgiveness is through Jesus, we can understand what God expects of us, and we can enter that new way of life. In conclusion, sin and death is an automatic tragedy which has befallen everyone. Forgiveness and life is a great open door which is set before everyone through Jesus Christ.